Hello and welcome to the Three Innings Save podcast. Eric, Stephen, are you are you a, a wash in the storm yet? Are you still there? I'm. Uh, we're recording this, on, or I'm recording this on a lifeboat uh, in the middle <laughs> of uh, West Covina Sea. Uh, we are no. We it's a. Uh, there's a tropical storm in California. Apparently, <laughs> apparently that exists. That's a thing. Uh, and it's yeah. and apparently the, the earthquakes got a little jealous, so they <laughs> yeah. Showed up. The, so it's the first. So it's Hurricane Hillary. Um, ha ha! Everyone, get your political jokes. Ha ha! It's hilarious. Anyway, um, I guess by the time it hit shore in California, um, I it's a tropical storm of some variety, right? So, but it's the first tropical storm in California since like 1939. Um, but you're right. And then, uh, so it's Sunday. It hit on Sunday, and there's just for me, I'm a, I'm more inland, but there has been a lot of rain. And this is the relative thing. Like I think we're at something close to two inches now, which is like everyone else is like, "What are you talking about? That's not a lot of rain." That's like sometimes a season's worth of rainfall for here so like it's it's relatively a lot of rain but like that's kind of it so far for me but there's just like just a ton of rain just generally um but then you're right there was also like a 5.0 earthquake today like they're like hey what if we just did it all in in one in one thing but yeah would it be great if this was what got us to land mike trout as a guest Whoa! <laughs> yeah, we just hey, like has one rule. I'm like, not talking I'm, about baseball at all. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, we need we need uh, him and Jim Cantori as our uh, well, our guests. Yeah, well, we we will talk about baseball. It's been a uh, pretty great week for the Dodgers, unless you're Tony Gonsolin. So we're gonna recap that the week. Questions from Craig. Uh, probably some more uh, tropical storm talk because you know how can we how can we resist all of that after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, I, you know, book the record keeping in baseball always fascinates me. Is there like an official recording of a rainout? And if so, does this count? So, I, I don't know how the... The Dodgers media guy. The Dodgers media guy does have a section just rainouts because you don't have to uh, have a lot of space in the media guide for that because there's only been 17 before this year. Uh, it's it sounds well. It might not count as a rainout, but it it is a rainout. Like so. Here here's how this went down. So the, the Dodgers did not play Sunday. Um, the sort of decision. Here's the uh, one weird part about this. It's I I, forget, I was going to look this up and I did not. The Dodgers and Angels are rarely at home at the same time, like during the season. It's like maybe twice a year, and like usually only for like a a three day period. Maybe something overlaps or whatever. Um, they are this weekend, or they were, and then um, also the Padres were home. So on Friday, Major League Baseball just sort of did a blanket thing and. They're like, well, because of Hurricane Hillary, we got um, uh, no game Sunday. Instead, all those series will have doubleheaders Saturday, split doubleheaders. So it's it's like not it's not a rainout, right? It's a schedule change. Although it has the the like every like all the trappings of a rainout. Like you it hap- it, you <laughs> have a header. Yeah, you have a game. Um, having to be rescheduled because of weather because of literal rain and it just happened to be in advance but also it necessitated a double header the next day after the announcement like it's like almost you know textbook rain out um <laughs> the dodgers media or the dodgers game notes like note uh, they they sort of jokingly referred to it as a preponement rather than a postponement which i thought was funny so i'm there saturday for the double header and i asked one of the dodgers pr people i'm like so is the rainout streak over or not? And then he tells me, he's like, it's whatever you want it to be, man. <laughs> but he was like sort of half joking. And, and we're running with it. Yeah. So, but the, so backstory here, the, the Dodgers last rainout at Dodger Stadium was April 17th, 2000. Like, uh, so they through Friday night, uh, they played 1,872 uh, games at Dodger Stadium without a rainout. Here's the other tricky accounting. So, technically, the Sunday game was rained out, but that that got moved to the afternoon game Saturday. Um, so Whoa. do you count do you count <laughs> sa- do you count Saturday night's game as as uh, a game like that extended the streak of no rainouts or? And it's I, probably good that they um, yeah. they won both because otherwise, is there win is their streak lost one or win one? Oh right, right, exactly. No, so it's but it's just the order. So I think I think the the sort of correct accounting is to just count the the rainout streak as active through Friday, and then um, so eighteen hundred and seventy two games without a rainout, and then it uh, the rainout it was technically Sunday. That although they you know it, it necessitated. Two games Saturday. Also, the other confusion, both, not only did they win, both games were 3-1. Both games, we'll get to in a second, uh, a certain player drove in the second and third runs in both games to break a 1-1 tie. Um, but, yeah, so it, 
either way, but I think this this pretty much ends the the Dodger streak of no rainouts. The the other weird thing, so if you look out, so there's 18 rainouts now at Dodger Stadium. Only three of them have been in August because it's very rare to like have this much rain like at one time in August. Uh, 1977, August 17th against the Giants, and then 83, August 18th against the Mets, I believe. Um, in 83, uh, the Dodgers were in the race that year uh, for the National League West. They ended up winning it. And then nobody, we don't need to talk about what happened after that. But no, um, they um, they ended up making up the, the game, the home game for the Dodgers as a road game against the Mets <laughs> in New York. So they just lost a home game that year. Like, that's how they sort of dealt with it. But yeah, it's, um, it made for, like I said, it, it's a, it's tricky accounting, right? It's like, it's very odd, but I, I believe, I think the best way to look at it is, 1,872 games between rainouts, but now we are we are moving on, and and there's the there's been a rainout now. We can we can say children can say we've we've seen a rainout at Dodger Stadium. So, you know. <laughs> and that you know, and that's the kind of thing that we, and that's the kind of thing that we we want to tell our kids. None of this World Series stuff. We want the weird no. esoteric stuff. You're right. Hey, remember when the Dodgers won that arena? What about that time they won? What like about four that four World inning series? save? <laughs> well, yeah, you have to talk about yeah. Any four inning save, any three inning save, any any weird rain out. Uh yeah, it, it's it's fun stuff. Anytime uh LeBron James is in attendance and he and Mookie Betts are like doing a call and response <laughs> from back and forth that was all right so good. let's let's talk about the man of the hour austin barnes that's right um so i i would say the other here's another thing that doesn't matter to anyone but me but um because the dodgers didn't play saturday the my normal week in review post at true blue la which usually goes on monday went up sunday this week so like and not only that sunday morning like what a weird what a weird time this is uh but the the two sort of headline players uh, in that week in review story were like Mookie Betts and Austin Barnes, as you said. Um, so before we get to Barnes for a second, because there's a little more into that, but like on the, in the doubleheader specifically on Saturday, uh, Mookie Betts hit a two run single in the eighth inning to break a one one tie. They won that game three to one. Uh, in the nightcap, he hit two solo home runs, and like I mentioned, LeBron James was there because it was his bobblehead night, and also the Dodgers like um, uh, donated money to his like uh, LeBron James uh, family fund, like that they used for the Promise Schools and all that kind of stuff. And uh, anyway, he's in a suite, like just a little bit on the first base side, but basically like pretty much in line with like the third baseline. So like, let's say a player such as Mookie Betts is rounding third base heading into home. He basically has a direct line at LeBron James. So uh, first home run, he saluted him. Uh, LeBron James saluted back. Then second home run did, did the same thing. They both shared it. And of course it just, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty funny. It was pretty cool. Um, and uh, the Dodgers ended up winning that game three to one as well. Uh, Betts hit 500 for the week in August. He's hitting uh, over 400 uh, with like a, uh, right now he has a 789 slugging percentage. Sure, uh, we'll we'll get to his August in a second for some trivia. Uh, entering Sunday, uh, Mookie Betts leads National League position players with 6.4 WAR, both Baseball Reference and Fangraphs versions. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. 
uh, of the Braves, who's having a fantastic season in his own right. I, he, I don't know if he's still a base Sunday, but um, he's already at like 55 steals. He's, he's going to end up breaking the record for most steals by a player with 30 homers. And I think subsequently he's going to have like, um, I believe... Uh, there's there's two ways he's gonna also have like the most homers for someone with 50 steals like so he's yeah. he's in this weird <laughs> thing like but he's having a tremendous year but he's he's at 6.2 and but but he's been like the runaway sort of MVP favorite for a while Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts have both sort of um sort of slithered their way into this conversation <laughs> and I think it's gonna be a thing also uh the funny part, like Matt Olson is all, I think he, I don't remember if he is still ahead of Shohei Otani, but he, he has a very large lead in the national league in home runs, like over 40, like on pace for 60. Mm-hmm. He's like settling into the guaranteed fourth place finish in the, uh, <laughs> in the MVP race. Yeah. And so like, it, it's just like this, it's pretty much Dodgers and Braves have, uh, especially, well, the Dodgers, especially because the Braves have been out there for a while. But Dodgers and Braves are like very clearly the number one and two teams in the National League, right? And like, so it, it's just going to be funny because I think those guys are going to end up being the top four in the MVP. Um, I am not. I have. I've never voted for MVP. I've only voted for one award this year. I, I'm actually voting for my second award. Uh, I'm voting for Rookie of the Year uh, this year. So <laughs> in the National, really League. hoping they would let you uh, and you alone vote for Rolade's Man of Relief and he just asks that's <laughs> even not an award not a, anymore even though it's not a BBWA award <laughs> and no, you're like yeah no no you can do this there hooray so, so <laughs> I, I, I'm not I think I don't know if there's a general rule this like you're not supposed to like disclose who you're voting for and all this kind of stuff and I, and I won't except that I've been so people oh who's you who are you thinking of and I and I tell them um very seriously um well, uh, Tristan Beck of the Giants has a four-inning save and a three-inning save. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andre Jackson has two three-inning saves, and Emmett Sheehan had a four-inning save. So it's pretty clear who my top three are <laughs> at this point. So, yeah. Um, I will say, uh, in that doubleheader Saturday at Dodger Stadium, 20-year-old uh, Marlins rookie Yuri Perez looked dominant in the first game. He struck out 10 in six innings, and the Dodgers did not score until after he left. So... Uh, he's definitely in the mix for sure. Um, so, so Betts this year, uh, back to him for a second. Um, he has 34 home runs already. His career high is 35 home runs. The Dodgers, I'm not sure if you're aware of the schedule. They have 39 games left this season. So it seems like a, uh, kind of a, not, you know, it's, it's likely that he's going <laughs> to break that record. So he was asked Saturday, um, night if he was sort of surpri- surprised with his success. It wasn't like a, Hey, did you know you're this good? Kind of a question. It was more like that. This is his new profile now. That he's more of a power guy, you know, uh, as opposed. And he's like, but his answer I thought was instructive. I don't have the actual audio because my um, the recording is is not very good. The one I they didn't put it like on Sportsnet LA or whatever. But um, he said, uh, "quote I'm surprised, but also not. Uh, I've worked so hard. I've worked really hard to get where I am now, and I'll continue to work hard." Now, there's more to it than that. It was actually a pretty good answer in context, but um, yeah, he's just he's he's like a you know a five nine like powder power uh, keg or whatever. Like uh, he's just he's just really good. Turns out having Mookie Betts good. That, that's that's our takeaway this week. So I almost texted you it was like three weeks ago when I was 
for whatever reason, I couldn't watch the game, but I was following it on game day. And game day lists batting average and then OPS. But I was used to triple slash, so I thought it was batting average uh, on base. So I got to Austin Barnes. I was like, oh, you know, 330 on base. That's not too bad. Oh, 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 no. (laughs) So, yeah, this is uh, the good news for Austin Barnes is that I would say his even his last like like four weeks have been very good. Mm-hmm. His season not good at all. Like uh, just generally, um, and he you know he like you say he was like coming from rock bottom. But there's I'll get to, there's a quote from uh, Dave Roberts and he didn't mean it disparagingly, but like if you just if you're like reading it as a court transcript or something, it looks hilarious. But I'll say that in a second. But on the season, even after this sort of hot streak, he's hitting. Uh, 147, 224, 186. Yeah, so, no, and I noticed because, like I said, it was he, I think it was more like 330. It was like a yeah. not great but acceptable on base number that so, was his OPS. So, so before well, before Thursday, I remember because I looked on on um, Baseball Reference, his OPS was negative four, um, and his WRC plus was one. Um, and like now it's 17, which is like hilarious that that's what it jumped. But like, so I looked at, uh, entering Sunday, 414 major leaguers with a hundred uh, or more plate appearances. Barnes ranks 412th in WRC plus and OPS. He's 409th in batting average, 408th in on base and 413th in slugging. So it's, <laughs> it hasn't been good. Dating back to July 26th though, he's eight for 23, uh, 348 400 478 this week he was four for seven um thursday was his first two hit game of the season i believe i think he also made an out later in the game against burns but corbin burns um was really good that night um but i think austin barnes was two for two against him coming in and then he got a hit in his first at bat um uh, so that game was great it was lance lynn and corbin burns going toe-to-toe scoreless through seven and then both gave way to the bullpen and that's when Austin Barnes hit his first home run of the season, and it was the only run of the game, um, the, the last time before Thursday that the Dodgers won one to nothing with the solo home run being the only run was July of 2021, and that home run was also hit by Austin Barnes. So that's he's basically found his niche, and that's what he's going to do. And no, but um, that was the game where that made me check because like during the game, I'm like, oh, where's he at? Like, um. You know, numbers wise, I just remember it's always jarring to see a negative number for like OPS yeah. plus or WRC plus. But then, um, yeah, who like it's just very weird. But I look, we had like a bet, um, or like we Craig asked us that like who's going to hit who of the Dodgers without yeah, home runs yeah. are going to hit home runs. We yeah, both yeah. said Kike first, so like I did say Barnes would also hit one. Like yeah, probably. and I said Michael Bush. I think was the only one. And you never know. It could happen. Soon. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen anything on this yet, but like uh, here, here's, here's, well, cause the Dodgers have been, uh, we'll get to, well, we have a JD Martinez thing coming up, but he's been like intermittently playing. Uh, he missed all of last week and they like, well, we're not going to put him on the injured list. He did like, he got scratched again this week for, for somebody else who played like four games. But he, you know, it's so so, and he was like the the general thought was like it's probably not going to improve much if he goes on the injured list. So like, um, but he did say like, well, if we figure out like that, he just 
more rest would help. He might go on the injured list. So maybe he might. Now, if you want to engage in baseless speculation, um, do the I? Dodgers the Dodgers don't play till Tuesday. But <clears throat> I was uh, watching the um, Oklahoma City Salt Lake game Sunday, and they're in Salt Lake, uh, and um, Michael Bush singled home a run, and then he uh, lined out, I believe. In the second at bat, in the fourth inning, he then he was replaced on defense in the um, bottom of the fifth, and there was like no injury. There was no, and I switched over because MLB MILB TV defaults to the home broadcast, so I switched over to the Dodgers um, broadcast with Alex Friedman, and even he was like, uh, you know, there's no use speculating. I have no idea why he's coming out. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like he like hurt himself, you know, or something. So there, here, here's the the conspiracy theorist move is that Dodgers have no game Sunday, but I'm sure there's like you know check ins and stuff. Maybe someone's coming to the park to like do whatever. And, and Martinez has like you know trying to figure out exactly trying to change his pregame routine, trying to change his stretching routine. It's it's like groin, hamstring, adductor area like that. It's just it's just having. It's just having issues like getting ready for games and and just being being ready. So maybe he comes in. He was zero for three with three strikeouts in the the second game of the doubleheader. The only one he played Saturday. Um, maybe he maybe he comes in Sunday and says, you know what, let's give it a rest. And so and until that time, the Dodgers had no reason to believe he he would might want to go on the injured list. Or this is again. Pure speculation. I have, I have, I have, I don't even expect this to happen. But that's that's the scenario where they're like, oh well, let's get Michael Bush out so we we can promote. They, they don't play till Tuesday, so uh, in Cleveland, so you never know. But that's that's the uh, will they won't they uh, sort of situation here. But back to um, Barnes for a second uh, on Saturday before Mookie Betts had the two run single to untie the game. It was Barnes who tied it. They had uh, runners at the corners. Uh, Barnes delivered a great squeeze bunt and he actually ended up being a single and it wasn't like Josh Bell, the first baseman who fielded it did make an error on the play, but that's not what allowed Barnes to reach base. Like because Bell came in to field it, Barnes had a clear path to first and like would have beat any throw had they gone to first. Uh, so he got a single out of it. Um, Dave Roberts said there's nobody he trusts more than Barnes to get down a bunt. Um, Barnes, uh, mentioned, uh, said it's a hard, the, he, he bunted foul the first time and then he went straight back to it, but both were in like the same general area, like up between, uh, pitcher's mound and first base. Um, and he said, uh, Barnes said it's a hard play to defend. Even if you know it's coming, it's really hard to do it right. He also joked, uh, James Outman was on third and he's like, yeah, it's a lot better with him there to say like JD. <laughs> and then he started laughing. It was actually really funny. Um, he's like, he's like, I don't want to clown JD. He's my guy, but like, he's like, he's not as fast as Outman or whatever. Um, but so Barnes has two of the Dodgers four sacrifices. Although the, again, this was counted as a hit. Um, Dave Roberts had a funny uh, quote in this. He was he said they they wanted to make Josh Bell make a play, which is code for we think he sucks defensively. But they <laughs> said as a defender, and then Roberts had a long pause. Well, he's a plus bat. <laughs> like, like it's just, just a perfect thing um but roberts also said on on barnes turnaround because the sort of general question was can this like <clears throat> these few days um overcome like a, basically a lost season at this point for barnes 
Um, and Barnes himself was like, he's like, there's just a lot of season left. He just got to keep going, right? Like that was like the good best attitude to have, I think. But Robert said he had a forgettable first two thirds of the season. Um, but if he could finish off the right way and help us win baseball games, I hope he feels he's carrying his weight, which he is now. I don't. Roberts did not mean any like he wasn't like ripping Barnes. He's just like stating the facts. He was terrible for the first two months of the season, and uh, but like you know he's I I think he's not that bad. He's not Bill Bergen bad like uh, of a hitter. So it's just a matter of like you know something going right for him. But like yeah, it's a good week. So good for him. Um, those. Like little plays helped the Dodgers over the last four games. They won one nothing, three one, and three one. Um, it shows how good the pitching has been. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I looked something up too earlier. Um, they only won seven games through the end of July when they scored three runs or fewer. Uh, they've already won five games in August doing that because the pitching has been great. Um, the two, uh, rotation as a 273 ERA, uh, just a reminder in six, in July, it was 618. Uh, so they've been, they're really doing well. Uh, the overall, and that's helped the bullpen cause they're going deeper into games. So overall the staff has a 254 ERA. That's a good recipe for a 17 and two month to date so far. Um, however, that ERA as low as it is, was inflated by a terrible game on Friday, a blowout loss to the Marlins, snapped an 11-game winning streak. We you talked about Tony Gonsolin earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of reached the end of his rope. Like um, He allowed five home runs, uh, tying Don Sutton for uh, most ever by an L.A. Dodger. Uh, Hollis Thurston, uh, who allowed six home runs in a game for Brooklyn, is safe. Uh, he, his record is safe. <laughs> Gonsolin allowed 10 runs. Ten, all 10 were earned, which is also tying an L.A. Dodger record. There was when I think we texted about this as it was happening because you were like, well, what, who's allowed 10 earned runs or whatever? I don't remember your I'm, – I'm, that's my, my voice for you texting, by the way. Um, but I, I did not realize all 10 were earned at the time because there was a play. I don't remember which inning it was. I don't remember which three-run home run it preceded. But there was a play where um, uh, Miguel Rojas made a nice play at short to almost get a runner. But then Freddie Freeman just straight dropped the, the throw at first and the throw beat the runner. So it was very clearly an error, but it was called a hit. Uh, so much so that there was argument in the press box the, the day after uh, on Saturday about it. Like, come on. That's like it was – I won't say who, but uh, – uh, who they were, there was, it wasn't like heated or anything, but it was like, come on, that was very clearly an error. And it's like, oh no, it's a hit or whatever. Um, but so all of those runs were earned. It ended a brutal stretch for Gonsolin and it likely ended his season. Um, so out of his, uh, eight of his last 11 starts, he allowed four more runs, 751 ERA in that time. It's 498 on the season and 20 starts. So he's placed on the injured list Saturday. The Dodgers have been very cagey about this the whole time. But, like, um, it's very clearly his elbow. The Dodgers technically put him on with right forearm inflammation. But, like, mm-hmm. um, th- they've been super vague, like, t- to the point where – so they put him on the IL Saturday morning, and we're talking with Dave Roberts pregame. 
and they hadn't like made the the move official yet. And then he's like, well, he's going to have, you know, some testing this week and then we'll, you know, we'll figure out the extent of all this. And I, I had to like go back to, I was like, yeah, okay, Dave, but he's going on the injury list today. What is the actual injury? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's elbow. Like, and you know, we'll figure it out. It's just like, it's just, it's so like, they're just talking around it when it, it they're never like addressing it. But um, we probably get more uh, clarity this week when he has further testing. Um, but Roberts did say, um, A, first, he's like, it's going to definitely last beyond two weeks. And then, do you think he's going to pitch this year? And then there's like another long pause. Deal. It's unlikely. So probably, probably Gonsolin's season is over. Mm-hmm. The takeaway from all this is that, <clears throat> which we've sort of known for several weeks now, is that Gonsolin has been pitching hurt for a while. Um, he did it because like the, the Dodgers didn't have anyone else for a, a good stretch of that. They had like three rookies in the rotation. Um, Kershaw was still was hurt. Uh, Urias was uh, not fully back from uh, the injured list yet. So like uh, now they're both back and Lance Lynn is on board. So like there's more of a, a, a buttress. So this is uh, I'm just going to quote from Roberts here because he addressed sort of the like why was he pitching hurt, you know, or all this and like and the difference between like it's they I I think the general sentiment is that um, they weren't like. They thought, like, he's not going to further injure himself by continuing to pitch. Like, this wasn't a flippant decision. It was a decision where, like, everyone involved had agency, like the team, Gonsolin, and the medical staff. So I I think it was a very joint decision. Uh, This is I'll just go to, to Roberts now. Quote, it's something he's been dealing with for some time. I'm really impressed he continued to want to take the baseball. It was symptomatic. I think all pitchers have something going on with their arms and elbows with the mileage, but we're all, uh, we were all aligned that it made sense for us to continue to give him the baseball. But right now where we're at, the IL is the best course of action. This is another, uh, quote a little later on, on during our pregame scrum on Saturday from Roberts quote, uh, I commend him wholeheartedly. I think he's continued to gain respect of the guys in the clubhouse and never made an excuse. Was he pain free? Probably not. But I know as an organization and saying and knowing that you're not going to hurt yourself worse, we're not going to do that to a player. So, like, that's sort of where we're at right now. You don't, like, there's there's so much, like, unknown about this that what is the is the, the, the next MRI going to reveal, like, that he needs surgery or something? I don't know if it's that. But, like, if there is a silver lining to any of this for Gonsolin, who just obviously had a terrible year, we can look back at the... Um, the contract he signed in January, he avoided salary arbitration. He was a super two. So he has four years of salary arbitration. He signed a two year deal for the first two years of that. At the time, it looked like he sort of, uh, undervalued himself because had he went year to year, he probably could have beat, um, the second year part of this, like given the year, the year Gonsolin had in 2022. Now it looks prescient like that. He signed that in a way, um, so it was a two-year, um, $6.65 million, $3.25 million this year, $3.4 million base salary next year, but there's also incentives. So his base salary had like um, uh, – goes up like five hundred grand for – it was actually a point system, but it's either – you get a point for either a start or a relief appearance of more of 10 or more outs. 
the first the fir- first contract I remember the Dodgers doing that had that sort of structure was like Alex Woods in 2020. Then it ended up being moot. A- well, it was a pandemic season, but also because Wood was hurt most of the year. But I just thought it was one of those like very creative, like weird things. But he ended up all- doing all starts. But um, he did. Uh, Friday was his 20th start, so he actually ended up adding two million to the base salary. So next year. Whether he pitches or not, uh, he's going to make five point four million uh, in that. So like that's where he's at. Uh, it's just been a bummer of a season for him. Like he obviously he, he injured the ankle uh, in spring training. He was also coming off the the forearm thing last year that cost him like the last six weeks of the year. Then they tried to rush him back for the postseason. It didn't work out. Like so, it's just he needs to go through like one year where he's just like fully healthy. Right. Like right. that's, it's just been a, it's just been a huge bummer, but yeah, now it, it looks like his season's over. It's not official or anything, but like, uh, yeah, you just hope like he's, he's healthy going into next year. I don't know. On a lighter note, uh, catchers interference fans feasted, yeah. feasted last week and one yeah. game in particular. I didn't check uh, I because Bob Timmerman, uh, great, <laughs> great uh, friend uh, of ours and great uh, baseball writer, um, occasional uh, blogger at the Griddle back in the day on, on Baseball Toaster alongside uh, John Wiseman's Dodger Thoughts. Um, he was he was sort of the keeper of the catcher's interference alarm, as it right. were. Like he, he was great. And I, I didn't check to see how many people like were tweeting at him on on uh, Wednesday. Um, but JD Martinez, um, he reached on catcher's interference in both the first and second innings on Wednesday against the Brewers. He also got almost got a third one uh, later in the game. Uh, William Contreras of the Brewers, their catcher, he got real close. Uh, the, there was a good screenshot, I believe. Uh, Chad Moriyama posted it, but it, he like reached out and they were, it was they were very close to get, hitting again. Um, Martinez is only the second Dodger ever to reach twice on catcher's interference in the same game. I was I wanted to do a Dodgers rewind on this guy. I just there's just not a lot there, so I'm just this is our sort of mini rewind, as it were. Uh, but Ben Garrity, um, pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, G E R A G H T Y. Uh, he was a rookie, a shortstop out of Louisville. I uh, went to Villanova uh, College. Um, he did so for Brooklyn in uh, 1936 in a game in April against the Phillies. I couldn't find the actual article in the New York Post uh, in that year, but. Wikipedia references um, that the article said, quote, Phillies catcher Earl Grace wrongly wrongly calculated that the rookie Garrity and an inexperienced umpire would not notice him trying to block Garrity's swing. (laughs) That's just like a funny thing. Like they're just, they're always trying to get over on each other. Baseball teams are. Um, So Garrity also also reached on catcher's interference uh, May 1st that year. His three um, catcher's interference in one year is a Dodgers record for one season, dating back to at least 1914. Jason Hayward this year has tied it. Um, he's He uh, reached base three times earlier. Uh, one of uh, Hayward's um, catcher's interference this year on April 28th was one of the more amazing things I've ever seen. Um, he managed to still hit a ball 100 miles an hour off the bat and flew out to the warning track in right field. But the rule is on catcher's interference, like you could, if you if you hit it and get a hit, you could take it. Mm-hmm. But like because it was an out, he's like, no, I, I will take my best. Thank you very much. Uh, but like, but I and I asked him um, like after the game, like, have you ever done that? Like that's crazy. And he's like, well, he's he said he did. Like, and I looked it up. He when he was with the Braves, 
um, I believe uh, off R.A. Dickey, um, he hit a triple. Um, uh, like, <laughs> despite being interfered with. So just Jason Hayward, magic with the bat, apparently. Um, so only three other Dodgers besides Garrity, Hayward, and Martinez have reached on two catchers, or multiple, I guess, catchers interference in one year. Andre Ethier in 2007, uh, Carl Crawford in 2015, and Trey Turner last year. Um, Crawford has four catchers interference. Uh, that is a Dodgers career record. So Martinez is halfway there. Hayward is say, only one away. He's got some time. They both have yeah. some time. They can do this. Mookie Betts is under contract for a while. Maybe he can he can get to that <laughs> that for a while. But he, he's got some other other stuff he's working on. Um, so this month he's already scored twenty runs in August. There's uh, it's the twenty fifth month of his career with at least twenty runs scored, and the third time he's done it this season. That's not my question to you though. They still have ten games remaining. The Dodgers do in August. So um, my question to you is: Who holds the Dodgers record? For most runs scored in a single August. I have a couple of guesses, and if I don't get it, I'll cry on live on it. No, I won't do that, but I'll still be a little sad. But I will take those guesses and then questions from Craig after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who holds the record for most runs scored in August? That, that, that about sum it up? Yep. I'm for gonna, the Dodgers, we'll I'm gonna close. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we should have. You should have looked up like all of baseball. Uh, just clarifying, this uh, is L.A. and Brooklyn. Yes, my my hint to you is going to be. Well, the, the, I'll just tell you the hint is a Brooklyn player holds the record, but uh, I will also give you points if you guess the L.A. Dodger who holds. Okay, the is it Zach Wheat? It is Zach Wheat. Yes. <laughs> 
36 runs in 33 games in August 1925. Um, he hit 400 uh, that month, 438 on base, 644 slugging. He drove in 25 runs. Damn, what a, what a month! 13 uh, doubles for that for him in that month. Dodger, I'm gonna, let me. I'll go for the LA, the LA mm-hmm. record because I I was going to be LA centric for no yep. particular reason. Um, uh, Justin Turner. No, there's there's no way. Um, I'm 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 looking here to see if he's on this list. Um, okay, his his best is 22 runs in August 2018 when he hit 400, 402 that year yeah. that month. All right, it's not outlandish, but like yeah, we're we're I will tell you the the record begins with a three. Okay, Maury Wills. No, and I don't see him in the certain. So, oh, his best August is twenty-one runs. August nineteen sixty-one. Okay. Last guess, and you can tell me, uh, Jimmy Wynn. Oh, the toy cannon. <laughs> uh, tw- sixteen runs was his what? best. Come on, he, only, he was only with the Dodgers for two years. August I know, 74. I know. I still. Um, the record for LA Dodgers uh, in a month runs scored for August. That's a sentence. Um. It's Mookie Betts, August 2022, <laughs> <laughs> with, with 30 runs. Strong. <laughs> yeah. So he has a chance to uh, best himself, uh, to bets himself. No, uh, the, the, before that, it's um, for L.A., Adrian Beltre in 2004. Ooh, he had 13 home runs that month, 28 runs, 24 ribbies. Um, looking down, because there's a lot of Brooklyn people. Oh, third in August among L.A. Dodgers. Uh, one Kurt Gibson, um, okay. twenty-four runs during the month. Uh, one of those, uh, thirty-five years ago today, uh, walked off the Expos because he scored from second base on a wild pitch. Uh, <laughs> one of the more famous highlights I can remember from that year. Uh, what a fantastic uh, timing on that! That's good. Good. Speaking of fantastic timing, it's it's time for a fantastic timing with. Questions from Craig. That was a smooth, I, smooth I think, intro. I think we need to rename the segment "Fantastic Timing" with questions <laughs> from Craig. <laughs> All right, the Dodgers travel to play the Cleveland Guardians and the Boston Red Sox this week. Let's see how much Eric knows about the recent history of these two original American League franchises. Oof. You ready? Right. Sure. Since 1989, five Cleveland players with a minimum of 2,000 plate appearances have a 900 or higher OPS. Can Eric name these offensive stars? That's offensive. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Jim Tomei. Uh, 980. Manny Ramirez. 998. Uh, Albert, don't call me Joey Bell. 949. We got um, the top three. Okay, then... Uh, Jose Ramirez? Uh, I, that's what have been my guess. Only 855. Oh, he's a loser. Um, no, um, okay. Wow. Now we're, this is with 2000, okay. Hmm. For some reason I'm like, I'm having trouble. There, there's got to be. There's probably someone who was like there a short amount of time who I'm just like forgetting. Um, or 
someone relatively recent who was good and I'm just <laughs> blanking on. I'll let you know that one player was there for three years, one was there for four years. Mm. Wow, 2,000 plate appearances in three years is impressive. Um, huh. Three years. Okay, so... Dave Justice? Yep. Was he the three-year? Uh, yeah, yes. No, four-year. Apologies. Okay. I think that's only some of four years. I think I think I need the years on the three-year guy. Uh, 1999 to 2001. Hmm. That is not... This <laughs> is not what I was thinking. Okay. 99 to 2001. Um, you know what I'm... I'm no okay. So clearly, so this isn't my guess, but I'm I'm actually there. I I think I want like he wasn't there during these years, so I know it's not him. But I think Jeff Kent was in Cleveland for a bit, which is always weird. (laughs) He had like that weird like pre. It was like Blue Jays, Mets, like Orioles thing going. Um, That's just me stalling. So ninety nine. It it sadly wasn't Eddie Murray. Um, I'm sure he's he's probably at eight ninety nine four or something is my guess. Probably not um, for his time in Cleveland, but also not those years. But um, I don't remember who was on their team who was really good in from ninety nine to oh one. Um, no, I, I think I have to tap out. Uh, <clears throat> Roberto Alomar. Hmm. Yep. All right. Well. All right. Uh, Mookie Betts and Janie Martinez have an 893 and 899 OPS with the Red Sox. Can Eric name the four Red Sox players since 1989 <laughs> and a minimum of 2,000 plate appearances with a 900 OPS? So uh, we'll go back to Manny Ramirez. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Yeah, <that's> <laughs> uh, right. his... uh, as a Red Sox, a 999 OPS. Oh, <sighs> God, he was a good hitter. Um, David Ortiz. 956. Um, I, th- I think Nomar. Nomar with a nine twenty three. You're missing um, one. Missing one. This is since eighty nine. Okay. Um. Oh boy. Trot Nixon. No, I'm just kidding. It's not him. Um. Oh. 900 OPS with the Red Sox. Why is this? Oh, um, no, it wouldn't have been him. Huh. Do we have years? I need years. Uh, 1991 to 1998. Whoa. Um. Imagine if they didn't trade Jeff Bagwell for Larry Anderson. That could have been him. Um. (laughs) 91 to 98. Um, oh, boy. Um, oh, um, move on. There you go. Yeah, nice. Three Cleveland pitchers with a minimum of 100 games started since 1995 have a 120 ERA plus or higher. Can Eric recall these Ohio hurlers? Right, that's, a, that's hard to say. Um, 100 games. So they're famously, like, in the 90s, there was, like, 
they have an offense, and then this guy <laughs> is pitching like um, one twenty ERA plus in a hundred starts. Okay, um, uh, Corey Kluber uh, leads with a one thirty four ERA plus. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many starts this person has, and I think he's been hurt a little this year. But uh, Shane Bieber with a one thirty one. 130 game starts, by the way. Mm. Um, okay, and then the remaining, or the remaining hurler, as as Craig said, did pitch for the for the Indians in the 90s. Yeah. So I. Oh, for some reason, like they're. Ah, uh, they're. They're like the the guy I'm thinking of is is eluding me, and I, I could sort of picture him, but I uh, think <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. If you're picturing this uh, picture, you're not gonna forget him. Very memorable dude. Right. Uh, one other big hint if you need it. Yeah. Um. So. Oh God. Um. Oh, that's not. Who the hell was there? Oh, um, okay. So the 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 guy I was actually thinking of, and I don't know if it's him, but and it, this is based on your hand, it's probably not him. But Charles Nagy was my was my uh, guess. Not who I was thinking about. You're yeah. you're my one hit for you. This pitcher has one career home run. Uh, Cece Bartolo Colon. Nice. All yeah. right. Yeah. Still one of the best highlights. Were you there with me for the, the CC Sabathia home run at Dodger Stadium when he was I with the Cleveland? Don't think so. Yeah, it was a, I think the hottest day or, mm, I think it was the hottest day I've ever been at, at Dodger Stadium. It was like, we were in the reserve level. It was just sweltering heat. It was so hot. Yeah, I remember like game one of the 2017 World Series was like it was like a hundred and like, but even it, this felt hotter. It was a day game too, so like, but he he hit that thing to the back of the bullpen. It was it was crazy. Anyway, sorry. All right, same same idea. Three Red Sox pitchers with a minimum hundred games since 1995. 120 ERA plus. Go. Um, sorry, sorry. I I have to actually read the full question. Who are the Fenway Moundsmen? That's right. Moundsman yeah, needs to enter Craig, the regular Craig, Craig can turn a phrase. I, I enjoy <laughs> it. Um, so, Pedro, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to let you know like, a little hint. Second place on this list has an ERA plus of 142. Uh, Pedro has an ERA plus of 190. <laughs> I Actually, I, I thought it would have been higher. <laughs> That's the but, funny part. I, like, if it was just, like, a three-year period, but, right, like, but what, he was six like years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... I, I don't because he was also there for so long and that he he relieved a part of this so this might like cloud this but I'm I I was thinking maybe Derek Lowe. Uh no not even okay not even on my <laughs> list. Just shot me down. Okay. Um. Whew, um. Okay. Uh. How bad has he been since returning from injury? But uh, Chris Sale. 142. Yeah. God, he... <laughs> the last out of the 2018 World Series is still kind of hilarious. Uh, he came in in relief and just obliterated Manny Machado. Like, <laughs> just crazy. Anyway. Um, 
a hundred starts. Um, <laughs> okay, so he did win a Cy Young. I don't think this is the answer, but it would be funny if it is. Um, Rick Porcello. <laughs> uh, no, 102 okay. ERA plus. I'll let you yeah. know that other than uh, my fullest, so not more than just the, sure, sure, sure. Uh, the three. Um, Tim Wickfield leads with game starts. The remaining pitcher has the second most games started for the Red Sox in this period, given, you know. Uh, so, fun fact, uh, Tim Wakefield actually, I believe, uh, leads all time in Red Sox starts. He has, like, more than Roger Clemens and Cy Young. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay. Oh, so since 95... Oh, who would have? Who was a longtime Red Sox guy? Um, uh, no, he was not there. Oh, <laughs> wait, uh, John Lester. There you go. Yeah, I almost said Josh Beckett, but yeah. you did good. Yeah, you I did think good. I did okay. All right, let's clear the state for the contest. Give me the six division winners and six wildcard teams. And I, if needed, for the tiebreaker, predict the wildcard teams in order of finish. I have my index card to write this down. I pulled up the standings as well um, so we can we can talk about this. Let, let's do American League first just to, to – no, yeah, let's do National League first so we can, just so we can get it out of the way. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to win the West. That's my <laughs> bold prediction. No, uh-huh. So Do- Dodgers and Braves um, – yeah, uh, <laughs> you're not picking those teams. <laughs> um, the so right now in the central, the Brewers lead the Cubs by three games. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Brewers are going to win. I uh, that, think the Cubs are going to catch them. Okay, so so we don't need none of the stinking tiebreaker ordering nonsense. Yeah. So okay, so Dodgers, Braves for both of us. You say Cubs. I say Milwaukee. I am so. I will also say, obviously, I think Cubs are going to be a wild card team, mm-hmm. and you, I would imagine you think the Brewers would be a wild card team. Correct. Um, so as of right now, uh, I don't know how the Sunday night game went, but uh, oh, actually, no, I believe it's already over. Um, Philadelphia leads by two and a half. They have the first wild card position. San Francisco second. Then they lead the Cubs by a half a game, and then there's Arizona, who was free falling, but has has like won seven out of ten since then. Uh, Cincinnati and Miami are all one game back of the Cubs, so it's a jumble at the at the bottom here. Um, I will say just to, for clarity here, run differential: uh, Braves plus two twelve, Dodgers one forty three. <laughs> then uh, third is the Cubs. Uh, fourth is the San Diego Padres, who are seven games under 500 and six games out of the last wild card spot. Which what a just an odd odd season for them. Um, but then uh, Phillies are plus 44, Giants are plus eight. Those are the only seven teams with a positive run differential. The the three teams that are one game out of the wild card are all negative, including the Marlins. The Marlins. Um, uh, have lost 22 out of 33 since the All-Star break. Um, Cincinnati's been up and down. They have like 17 rookies or something crazy. Um, I have my uh, teams <laughs> written down, by the way. So okay, uh, I, I will feel free say, to I, say yours. I'm not going to steal from you. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think Phillies for sure. Um, and ugh, eyeballing these teams, like which team? I 
<laughs> I th- I think Arizona. I'm going to go Arizona over the Giants. I will. I have picked uh, the Reds, the Brewers, and the Phillies as my wild card teams. Okay, so we're we're big only NL Central believer. In only me. a couple differences here, but yeah. that, that's good. That's good to have that. Okay, now let's go to the things that we don't know anything about the American League. Uh, well, we already covered yeah. that, but even more. Yeah. That's fine. So uh, right now, uh, Baltimore, uh, the, the Orioles, Rangers, and Twins lead their divisions. Uh, the the Orioles are uh, three games up on the Rays. Um, the Rangers are two and a half up on the Astros, and both the Astros and Mariners are separated by a half game. The Mariners just swept in Houston mm-hmm. four games. Uh, Felix Rodriguez. Uh, did not get four hits Sunday, but he had four hits in four straight games. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, so uh, the Razor Walker, I was so I was looking. They Julio were, Rodriguez. What did I say? Felix Rodriguez. <laughs> you accused Mariner legends. He, he got his number retired. <laughs> you said, I was like, I'm like, I've never heard of this player. <laughs> he, he came back as a hitter. Uh, yeah. Um, so the so the Rays. I was looking at they started 47 and 19 this year. Um, they were off to a hot start. They were. Clearly, like head and shoulders above everyone, they are under 500 since then. And uh, obviously, they've had like a billion pitching injuries, like uh, a bunch of guys lost to like Tommy John and other other stuff. Uh, but they're still kicking it. Um, so I, I'll just say I think because of that, um, I I'm gonna go for the division. I'm gonna say they're gonna stay. Well, okay. So before before we do, the central. Dodgers play Cleveland uh, this week. Uh, Cleveland is in second place in the Central with a 59 and 66 record, <laughs> same record as the Padres, I might add. Um, but so yeah, that that like Minnesota by being five games above 500 has like a boat race lead in that division, in my opinion. So I will just say it's going to stick as it is now. Uh, Orioles, Rangers, Twins. Uh, I have the division winners being the same. Okay. So now it's it's a matter of like the wild. Card. I almost put Seattle to win the West, by the way, but I did switch back. So the 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 thing here is uh, also before we must say this: LOL Yankees. They've lost eight in a row. They're under five hundred, nine games out of a wild card spot right now. Um, the Blue Jays are like it's so the Astros are up a half game on the Mariners uh, for the second and third wild card spots. And then the Blue Jays are right behind them, a half game behind Seattle. So that's a jumble. <coughs> the Red Sox, who the the Dodgers play this coming weekend, are three games out of the last wild card, and then and then everyone else is under five hundred, including the Angels. Um, so I think I think the Rays have a big enough lead that they will be a wild card. I uh, Houston is like just generally good enough to like do whatever. Um, I'd, I and then it's picking between Seattle and Toronto, and like why hasn't Toronto put it all together? Type of a thing going like, do I believe in Seattle? I don't know. I I think I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna go for wild card. I'm gonna go Rays, Astros, Blue Jays. I have Rays, Astros, Mariners. Nice. Okay. I so we we, we have enough like uh, Felix here. Rodriguez. And Julio Hernandez. <laughs> That's right, because I'm counting on Felix Rodriguez. Uh, uh, <laughs> Epic fusion. <laughs> they did yeah. the like the Dragon Ball Z fusion dance. Yeah. Wait. So, I, 
Felix Rodriguez is actually a former reliever. Felix. Okay. <laughs> and, and like, so I, I've conflated two different things here. Okay. So you, you're you're confusing two Felixes. Yeah. And two, two Rodriguez's, apparently. <laughs> Felix Rodriguez, actual real reliever, uh, non-Mariner. Felix um, Hernandez, real Hernandez, oh, yeah. starter. Cy Young Award he, winner. I wonder if he had any... Uh, perfect game thrower. Relief appearances, ever. Maybe. I'll like look it up down, for you. Like one, maybe, or something. <laughs> But then, but then Julio Rodriguez, star outfielder, uh, not the, <laughs> these are not the same people. Turns out different people have different names. I didn't know this. <laughs> All right, next question. Yeah. Sure. The Arizona Complex Leagues end. Uh, Complex Leagues end on Friday. Do you think it is possible some players like Kendall George will be promoted to get some game experience this year? So he's been playing. Uh, he's the Dodgers' first round pick, or right after the first round, he's number thirty six overall. He's a high school guy, uh, high school outfielder. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to put him in um, like low A this mm-hmm. early. Uh, gen- I, I, I don't really have any insight on this. I just don't think they would. Like it, it's it would be for a month, but like I mean, I guess it's possible. But like mo- most of the other guys who who have been. Uh, already joined like um, Ranch Cucamonga, like have been the college hitters and some pitchers. Um, so like, yeah, I, I I don't know if they're gonna do that. I, I think they'll end up doing like uh, instructional league like later this year with him and just get him get him. They're they're still I think like working on his his swing probably and and things like that. He was DHing for like the first couple weeks i think uh in in playing in games and then he finally is in center he's like plus plus speed guy like he's stealing a lot of bases so um but i i don't i don't think i don't think he's going to be in um in rancho that's that's just my guess i'm looking up uh <clears throat> felix hernandez has one relief appearance i'm trying to figure it out uh james paxton started pitched Point one innings. I'm guessing came out for an injury, and then Felix went five and two thirds. So even then, it was like yeah. a, a start. I'm counting yeah. it. I'm counting. Yeah, but all both relievers, both Felix's relievers. That's right. Yeah. Mookie Betts returned to Fenway this week. What kind of reception what? do you yeah. expect uh, for the former Red Sox MVP this weekend? Uh, sort of. He's going to get the classic. He, he's going to get thunderous, loud long ovation like yeah. first time up still going like second maybe third time up and then probably at some point on friday they'll start booing him <laughs> like you know but like but like in the in the respectful opponent way not like <laughs> f this guy for leaving way i'm sure there's some of that sentiment but i think m- most not mo- i won't say most i think a lot of people understand like that and they, I think, a lot of fans wanted him to stay, and were really yeah. upset that they traded him. Like, yeah, but and also, but then, but there's, I think you, you know, there's like a subset of folks who are like, well, they traded him because he wasn't going to resign in Boston, but also like the Red Sox never offered like exactly yeah. what he wanted. So like, it goes two ways. But no, I think it's going to be he's going to get a long ovation. So the funny part is too, um, it, there's like this all this lesser scale stuff. Um, now, J.D. Martinez was also a legitimately great hitter for them for a number of years, including the World Series year. He's going to get some sort of ovation, I'm sure. Um, and then you have Kiki Hernandez, who was just traded. Bad year this year, like 
a reason why they were struggling for part of the year too. Also, really good for them the last few years, and like great in the postseason. He's, can, I'm sure he'll. Hello, get, as we know, a beloved, a very fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in fact, to the point, I don't know if you saw this. He, the um, at Fenway Park, they had a uh, Kiki Hernandez. Um, I believe it was a WBC themed uh, bobblehead of him with a. Uh, um, like after the trade <laughs> and then they had to reach out to him and they're like hey are you cool if we still do this like because he was still <laughs> and to the point where he even like put a statement i think that ended up being on the box of the bobblehead like thanking the fans like they, they love kiki everyone loves yeah. kiki right so but then also well, but nobody, the biggest storyline ryan, ryan brazier, brazier returns right. <laughs> he, he, there's gonna there's gonna be this thing where he's probably gonna have to take a ball to the first battery faces because it's going to be such a long delay <laughs> to where the umpires don't even recognize it. They're like, wait, what? And then they call a pitch clock violation because there's so much, there's so much cheering. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Zanya... on Apple TV, by the way, it's <laughs> sorry. Uh, a very Friday funny night. word for me to just randomly say. <laughs> <laughs> Lasagna. Uh... <laughs> a weird Al song, by the way, and, and even worse. Lasagna and ziti are two types of pastas that are baked. Also, you can bake a very good macaroni and cheese. This week's food question, name some of your favorite baked pasta dishes, and when was the last time you ate one of them? I had so, a lasagna like two weeks ago. It was delicious. So I I actually did. I had lasagna on Wednesday. I babysat um, uh, my cousin's two kids. We had a, a joyous time. I saw The Secret Garden for the first time in my life, and I cried at the end of it. It's, <laughs> it's a wonderful movie. Anyway, um uh, we had Trader Joe's lasagna for lunch, so I reheated it. I'm counting it as a baked dish, even though it was, you know, pre-made. But like that, that's very clear. I I don't know if I've ever actually had baked ziti. To be honest, uh, I can't remember if I did. I've had lasagna numerous times. I I grew up hating it. I I think it was because I didn't like ricotta cheese. Um, but I it's it's great. Lasagna is great. It's hard to go wrong with lasagna. Um, but I think if I had to choose. It's mac and cheese. Like there, you. I think that's the way. So I uh, the sort of baked mac and cheese is definitely one I grew up with, and I love it, especially with ham. It's yeah. delicious. But I just prefer a stovetop uh, <sighs> mac and cheese, uh, especially oh, I, if I'm going to compare it to lasagna because lasagna is like one of my favorite right. things. So. Wait, do you, okay, so just to be clear, do you mean when you say stovetop? Do you mean like? craft out of the box i mean i tend to mean velveeta shells and cheese thank you very much but, but like also of, but if you make box, it fresh right? you can make a roux yeah. and uh, for sure no no, no yeah. you can i i mean both i mean either yeah okay that's fair so Tends i that'd be I'm, just a little creamier to me that's all yeah i could see that so i like it because i think i like the bake it's probably a, a two-fold thing you still have the creaminess i somewhat but also it's it's very um I like the the outer crust, sure coming out get, of the, the oven. Like, but and you again, can also I just finish re- off. Like really the, like that with ham. That's just a really yeah, wonderful it, bite. Um, I've had it like um, with bacon, with like. Um, and to be clear, I mean not ham. You could do it in it, but I'm saying ham on the side, mac and cheese. But then you make the bite. Ham should be a little cold, maybe you know, a little leftovers. No, yeah, I, uh, yeah, but either way, like it's all good. I think what we're saying here is mac and cheese is good, and you yes, should all have some. Agreed. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. I do have it. some Velveeta shells and cheese in in the pantry, so maybe. I was looking. I don't have I don't have any boxed mac and cheese. That is a nice little treat. I think I I may have. It's not any. It's not Kraft's fault. It's not 
store brand X's fault. But a couple years ago, I I did see like um, I I took the plunge and bought a box of like Cheetos mac and cheese, oh. which they have. It is rancid. It's terrible, <laughs> and it like it it turned me off so badly to mac and cheese for a while. I was like, oh, this is so bad. Like, I will say um, the uh, occasional. Um, Every once in a while when I go to the dentist, my old dentist used to be really close to a Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Um, so to the point where if I had like if I had like an appointment that was particularly onerous, uh, I would stop at Chick-fil-A and get mac and cheese <laughs> on the way home because it was a nice little treat and easy to eat uh, if, depending on what what procedure I had done. And that is uh, that's still a tradition that holds to this day even though my dentist is slightly farther away, although it's not it's still pretty close, but that that's fun, and it, it's again doesn't hold a candle to like homemade mac and cheese, but still, it's it's a nice little treat every once in a while. Huh. That's it. Once again, Craig has made us hungry. Um, Dodgers are on the road this week. Oh, well, we didn't mention um, Noah Syndergaard starts on Tuesday for Cleveland <laughs> against Bobby Miller. Uh, that'll be fun. So yeah, watch some Dodgers, eat some mac and cheese, bake a ziti, get some lasagna, e- eat it while you're watching the Dodgers in Cleveland and Boston this week. Time the ovations for Ryan Brazier and Mookie Betts, etc. That's it for us. Uh, this is a three-inning save podcast. We will be back with you next week. <laughs>